Perhaps the most controversial topic of discussion in our day revolves around truth. Opinions often blur the lines of an objective truth. Streaming platforms, social media, and other public forums allow individuals to project their truths upon the masses like never before. In the midst of woke, cancel culture, religious freedoms, political liberties, and social injustice, we attempt to search for and reveal the truth. This is Truth Revival. Well, welcome back to another episode of Truth Revival. This is Season 2, Episode 19. We just rolling them off, Chappie. One nine. One nine. Is <laughs> <it>? <laughs> uh, so, um, welcome, welcome everybody. Uh, with me today, we got two exciting guests. Most of y'all already know Mr. Joel Hopkins. So uh, he back, he back. <laughs> we, we had to, we had to bring him back in. Common guest of the show. Common <laughs> guest. All right. So, uh, Joel, welcome back. And uh, and Paul, I'll let you introduce our our next guest since you've got this lined up. So I'll turn you loose, uh, Mr. Spencer Coon. Um, he's got a great story. I remember him when I was a kid, and uh, I actually had seen his testimony on Facebook where he had went to a church and gave it. And I was pulling into work one morning, and he's redoing the the SS Kefauver for historical home right beside my my office. And I saw him, and I thought, man. I would love to have him on the podcast to tell his story. And I, every morning I'd drive by and I'd think the same thing. And finally, I just said, you know what, Lord? Because the Lord kept reminding me every morning. He'd be great. He'd be great. Yeah. So finally, I just locked it up in the middle of the road. I said, hey, Mr. Coon. <laughs> and then we just got it. Uh, and it worked out. And he's here. And I'm excited, Spencer, that you're here to tell your story. Amen. Thank so. you. So, Spencer, just real briefly, just tell us just a little bit about yourself and um and then we'll get into the show. We're going to just devote a lot of time to hearing your story and your testimony, but just a just a little snippet about you, and then uh, and then we'll take a deep dive in. Okay. I'm uh, 55 years old. I'm a brick mason, block stone. I've been doing it since uh, probably junior high school. Uh, I had uh, a lengthy prison sentence, as we'll get into later, but uh, the Lord delivered me from it. Praise God. And uh, he's restored my business, uh, restored my family. Mm. And uh, he just, uh, every day he continues to smile upon me hey. and show me how real he is. And uh, it's just a blessing to serve him. I've done the, I was a contractor for, I guess, uh, 12 years, you know, before I went to prison. Like I said, I've always done the masonry work. I grew up in, Madisonville all my life, played high school football, was, uh, you know, voted best all around by my classmates and uh, just took a turn for the worst, you know, mm. and uh, ended up in prison. So, Spencer, whenever I shook your hands, I thought to myself, this is a working man right here. <laughs> all right. What were your thoughts when you shook my hands? I think <laughs> this is a man of God. <laughs> Great answer, Spencer. That's Thank awesome. You. Thank you for that, Spencer. Because I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you what happens at church. Okay. As people are leaving church, they'll say, You've got the softest hands. <laughs> you know, and like, that's not what a man wants to hear. I know. You yeah. want to hear. 
You're rugged. You're <laughs> tough. And people, you've got the softest hands. <laughs> oh, Lord. Appreciate that. You know? <laughs> 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 when, I, when I shook fits, I thought to myself, dang, here's it. But that makes sense. You're a you know, block mason, brick mason. Um, so you're used to hard hard work, right? Uh, yes, yeah, sir. Which, you know, you guys were talking about this earlier. People who are willing to put in a hard day of work. Yeah. Not so common these days. Few and far between. Right? And so respect, my man. Um, Thank you. So, Paul, what was it about Spencer that you you got connected and you, you just started thinking about Spencer Coon? And, I mean, we're going to go into the episode, and I know I don't want to get, I don't want to get negative or anything right here, mm-hmm. but what was it about Spencer Coon that you knew? Was it Spencer Coon, the football player? Hey, this was the guy back in the day, Spencer Coon. Or what was it that? Attracted you to well when I was a kid, I remember hearing Spencer Coon was a bad man. You didn't want none of Spencer Coon. <laughs> That's what people say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> like with, with uh, like when you heard Spencer Coon, if if you looked at him wrong, he was going to pulverize you in the ground that's wow. that's the stories that i remember hearing that he was just a tough guy and didn't take nothing from nobody and and i'll tell you what i've never met you spencer and just sitting with you right here in this room i don't get that vibe from him at all no he <laughs> is is the most tender guy and, and, uh, he's like a big teddy bear you can see the spirit of god in his eyes and you see that's the yes that's the transformation yep, yep. Amen. Power and word. That, yep. <laughs> Let's go. That's, that's the transformation of God's spirit. Yeah. And so, you know, um, anyway, I didn't, I didn't but, mean but to No, I, I don't know the details of everything. I just always know as a kid hearing his name and that he was a tough guy and you didn't want to mess with him. And I and I, I knew uh, he'd gotten in trouble and went to prison, but I don't know what for. I don't know anything. I just know that you were like a, a big time talked about guy when I was a kid. You don't cross this guy. He means business. This is who Spencer Coon is. He will take you down, mm-hmm. you know? And then when I saw you give your testimony, I thought it's totally different than those stories. So I'm like, I want to know what happened from point A to now to to see that transformation that, that God did by his word and by his spirit. So I don't say I get, I'm not excited for every podcast, but this podcast, I am excited. About. All right. So. All right. <laughs> Joe, anything from you real quick? No, sir. You ready to dive in? Huh? Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> so, so Spencer, just this is this is your time. It's your story. Just share your testimony with us, and uh, I know it's going to be a blessing to our listeners. So, floor's yours. All right, thank you. You know, as I listen to Paul talk, you know, I, I remember the old saying that I used to say: "I'll be the nicest guy you ever met, or I'll be the meanest sob you ever met." And the choice is yours. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people, you know, I grew up. I had an older brother, and you know, all him and his buddies, they, you know. We'd drink, get high or whatever, and everybody liked to fight. And we'd just, we'd sit out there and we'd fight. We'd put on boxing gloves. We'd throw them off. And that's just what we did, you know, growing up. Spencer, uh, when did that start? You know, you said smoking, yeah. getting high, drinking. Like I started what, smoking what pot when I was in the fifth grade. Wow. So, right. you know, it was just a, and it was a mask is what it was because nobody really knew. Well, see, I'm a middle school teacher. Yes, sir. I, that's what I also do. Mm-hmm. I teach sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Wow. And Spencer, wow. it's staggering. Yes, the the drug knowledge of kids these days. Amen. But you see, we also done a podcast on kids these days, and that's what people think. Kids these days, but it's not kids these days. It, even it, back then, it was back then. And guess yeah. what? It was even before. Kids were always getting into mischief. Yeah, right. Kids are always getting into trouble. And you know what? There'll be kids getting into trouble 
even after this. And, and Spencer, there are so many students that I look at now and I think, God, I hope they get their life turned around. You know, and of course, fast forward in your time, mm-hmm. who's going to be the next Spencer Coon? That right now they are hell on wheels. But one day, one day they'll be transformed by the gospel. You know, Amen. that's, but anyway, so you started at an early age, started drinking, at smoking. An early age, drinking, smoking. Uh, you know, I always hunted and uh, just grew up doing the masonry work. Uh, one of my best friends, Pete Moser, his brother, and they all had a business around town. And, uh, you know, every summer we'd go out and do that, haul hay, working backer. Everybody worked. I mean, yeah. that's just what you did. Yes. And uh, like I said, when we'd get our paychecks, we'd, you know, buy some beer, some whiskey or something, and we'd fight. And, uh, you know, I never wanted that reputation, Paul. I never did. And, yeah. and it kills me to hear it now. It just yeah. it, it breaks my heart. But I did hear it back then, and I knew it. Yeah. And uh, I never wanted to be that guy. Right. And uh, But anyway, like I said, I grew up and uh, started my own business when I was 26 years old in the masonry trade. Uh was doing great, you know, just bricking houses in Rarity Bay, Cahiti. You know, I had the whole area sewed up. Uh, a little bit of stonework back then. You know, a lot of people didn't do the the prefab like they do now, but, you know, i done a lot of natural stone. And uh, I just really thought I had it all together for myself. And uh, I remember when I turned 30 years old, I remember looking at my hands, and they were just, I had you know, three or four rows of calluses on there, and they were just eat up. And I remember telling myself, man, you've got it. You, you've worked your butt off. You, you've got this far. Because I had, you know, I had my safe full of guns. I had, you know, money in it. I had my vehicles paid off. I still owed a mortgage. But, you know, I just had a lot of things. And uh, I thought, boy, you you know, you're doing it. you got a big crew. And uh, I made it. I remember, <laughs> I remember after going to prison, the Lord reminded me of that day, and that's why I always remember it, because it makes me think of Nebuchadnezzar. You know, mm. look what I've done, look what I've done. Ooh, of course, easy now. <laughs> we know what happened to Nebuchadnezzar yeah. for seven years. He lived wow. as the first wolf man, so to speak. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> until God enlightened him, yeah. you know, yes. and, and when he did, he gave honor to God Most High. Wow. And, that's good. I forgot about that. That's yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so as time went on, you know, by the time I turned 34, my marriage had went to pieces. Uh, I was doing a whole different realm of drugs. Uh, and like I said, you know, when when I think back, though, I was always wearing a mask. I'd try to be the nice guy. I'd try to be this. But behind the scenes, I was smoking pot, you know, snorting a little bit, drinking, mm. you know, and still trying to put on this mask. Oh, I go to church or, you know, I believe in Jesus. And if you would have asked me at that time, hey, Spencer, if you die today, are you going to heaven? Why, sure. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. He died on the cross, you know. I announced sure. him as my Savior, uh-huh. but I was believing a lie. Well, it wasn't living life surrendered. Mm. Amen. Yeah. I was not living life surrendered to him. Mm. You know, I'm, about to, it, I'm about to get tore up here, boys. As I, I, I think I we're was, just getting started, Paul. I was <laughs> Hold a, on. Talking to a, a guy that works with me uh, last night, and I asked him, I said, you know, if 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 you die, I said, what do you think? And uh, he started telling me, well, you know, I've done good and I've done this, and you know, and I think I'll be all right. And we talked, and I 
this morning when I went and picked him up, I said, man, I said, you know, I've thought about that all night. And I said, you said something. You said, I think I'll be all right. I said, but there's a verse in the Bible in 1 John's that says, hereby you may know that you have eternal life. Mm. So if you don't really know for sure that you have that eternal life, you're missing out. You're missing out. Because there's a peace in it when it comes to that surrender. There, there's a peace that, that takes you. You know, it's not in the Bible, but I remember a quote I had heard. It says, peace is not the absence of your problems. It's the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ in the midst of your problems. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and that, that's just so true. But anyway, like I said, when I turned 34, I was, uh, my life had just really went to pieces. Uh, I had started, uh, started fooling drugs real heavy. And, uh, and I think it was 2001, I got burned up real bad. Uh, my whole upper body got burnt. And, uh, I was so ashamed because of the, the way things came about that I wouldn't even go to the hospital. And the law was looking for me as well. And uh, I remember a friend of mine came and seen me, and I had a wet sheet wrapped over me where I had been burnt so bad. And my eyes had already glazed over. And the guy comes in, and he says, uh, he, he asked me to go to the doctor. Hey, let me take you to the doctor. I said, no, I'm all right. Well, he goes and gets a buddy of his that works for the ambulance service. And I'd love to know, meet this man today because I don't even know who it is. And he came in later, and he put the light in my eyes, and he said, you're dying. And I said, well, when I die, just throw me in a ditch. And he ended up talking about my kids and, and the things that was going on, and I told him, okay, well, I'll go to the hospital. They dropped a helicopter in uh, the Vaughn or softball field and uh, flew me Lifestar to Erlanger and gave me a 20% chance to live. And uh, as I'm sitting in there, there's two people in the burn center that are burnt as bad as I was, and uh, they both died. And it's the first time I just I really got scared. I was really scared. Mm. And uh, I'd been there for a few days, and uh, and I asked God, I said, Lord, I don't want to die. Said, Help me. And the Lord sent a man of God to my hospital room, and I was in the ICU unit. And uh, this man of God that had came and seen me. He watched me grow up. His son had worked for me. And uh, he had grown up in the pool rooms, shooting pool, drinking, fighting. And the Lord had changed this man into a man of God. He was a preacher. And he came to me. And they're not supposed to let you in the ICU room. But they let him in. And uh, when he came in, he told me, he said, Spencer, he said, the Lord sent me down here because you're dying. And I said, well, Ronnie, what can I do? And he said, let's pray. And I, I had IVs in me. I had tubes sewed in my leg, down my throat, and I got out of the bed, and I got on my knees, and I started praying. And about uh, 10 days later, because I had waited so long, my body was eat up with infection. That's the reason they only give me a 20% chance to live. And it was like the infection just disappeared. Mm. The guy that worked in the Erlanger burn unit he said, I've worked here 28 years, and I've never seen anybody heal like you have. And I knew that God had touched me. <laughs> yeah. I knew it without a shadow of a doubt. Wow. I was still on the run, uh, but I knew from that day how real and how much God loved me. 
they ended up moving me to another room, a private room. A buddy of mine showed up about four or five days later, and I walked out, pulled the tubes out, cut them off, and, and just walked out in a hospital gown. But when I got out, I found a Bible, and I got it, and I was still hanging around the same crowd that was doing the same thing. And, uh, but I was telling them, hey, God saved me. And, of course, most people were too scared to, you yeah. know, like, oh, okay, well, that's cool, you know. And they didn't yeah. want right. to say nothing about it, but they didn't, you know, they wasn't going to disrespect me, but they still was trying to draw me in to the old game. And uh, within about five months, I'd put the Bible down and was right back into my old ways yeah. because I didn't, as the Bible says, come out from amongst them, be right. separate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Touch not the unclean thing. Yeah. Touch not the unclean thing. Amen. And uh, so I'm still on the run and uh, my body heals and uh, I ended up uh, just, like I said, right in the middle of everything again. And uh, the law was after me real bad. We had a altercation at a buddy of mine's house. Uh, they ended up, they shot the truck up real bad. Uh, I ended up, I got away. Uh, was on the run, like I said, for for a pretty good while. Uh, several, maybe a month later, they had me hemmed up again. Another little shootout. I got away again. Uh so now I'm public enemy number one, and just the, the shame and the guilt, because like I said, in high school, I was voted best all around, Mr. Madisonville High School. I was all county football player and had my own business, you know, and, and I thought, where did this, what, what yeah. happened to my life? Yeah. How, how did this turn around? And uh, so anyway, they uh, cornered me up at the Midway Market on the, uh, 68 going towards Teleco, and uh, they shot me to pieces. They blew my right hand off. A couple got me in the head, and uh, once again, they flew me life star to Knoxville. And, uh, but like I said, God had other plans for me. So, hang on a second. (laughs) Let me process this. (laughs) First, you was burned alive, and then you got shot, shot up. Holy cow, Spencer. So spared. 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 That's all it is. That's what I was going to say. Brother, if God wanted you out of here, plenty of opportunities, I'm sure. Man. Hallelujah, boy. You see, God, he allowed you to survive for a reason. But God. But God. Yeah. And God has a calling on your life. And, of course, we're on the other side of it, but in that moment, what are you thinking? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm anger, rage, chaos. The first verse I memorized out of the Bible was Colossians 3 8. And I think it was an NIV that I memorized it. It says, Control your anger, rage, and hate. Control your anger, rage, and hate. Mm. And uh, in the King James, it says, Now put off all these. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anger, wrath, and, and uh, malice. But, uh, you know, it just, uh, the rage that had consumed me at the time, and, and it was from the shame and the guilt, you know. And uh, 
But anyway, like I said, they they cornered me up here and they shot me. And I woke up in the hospital, and that was on uh, September 25th of 2003. Uh, they took me to Monroe County. I had uh, a lot of nasty charges, a lot of nasty charges. Uh, I ended up, the charges went federal. They, several of them still stayed at state. Uh, I ended up with a 40-year federal prison sentence and uh, still had uh, five years to start out with in the state. So uh, while I'm doing this, they sent me to uh, Blount County where they hold federal inmates. And they got, at Blount County, they got two pods that's called the hole, D5 and D6. And it's a 23-in-1 lockdown, but you get a celly. You can get around people and stuff like that. And then they got another section where there was uh, there was six cells, no windows, single bunks. is isolation. And uh, there was five of us in there. Every one of us was charged with murder. So... Uh, I'd sit in there in that isolation and I'd just think about my life, what it had become. And, uh, you know, when they come to feed you, they stick a tray through the bean hole and 15 minutes later they come and get the tray mm. and they're going to get their tray. Yeah. But it just, the, the rage that was in me a lot of times, I'd tell them, you know, Come on and get this tray today. And they would. They'd come in and they'd get it. I'd heal up about six weeks, seven weeks later, a month, a couple months later, I'd tell them, come in and get this tray. And uh, finally, I guess they got tired of it and they stuck a Bible through there. <laughs> Chew on this. Joe, Joe loving that. Over there. <laughs> and... Uh, of course, you don't get much reading material back there. And uh, so I started reading, and uh, I come across Jeremiah 29, 13. And it says, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord. And I threw that Bible down, and I said, yeah, God. I said, I'll tell you what. That sounds like a promise to me. And I said, so I'm going to tell you what, God. I said, I've grown up saying I'm a Christian, saying I believe in you and, and all this. I said, but let's just be real. Do I really believe? And how many people out there say it, but really believe? Come on now. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm going to tell you what, God. I said, that's a promise. So if you manifest yourself to me, if you'll show me how real you are, I'll serve you the rest of my life. Mm. <laughs> I said, but God, if you don't, it's going to be bad for me and probably a lot of other people. <laughs> and, uh, and that was the first time I'd ever really felt the presence of God. Mm. And it just, the, the peace that came over me at that moment was just overwhelming. And I kept reading and I kept praying and they'd keep me back there for about, seven or eight months in isolation. Then they'd move me to one of the places. It's called the hole. And like I said, you can get your hands on people. And 
I would, and they'd send me back, you know, for six. This went on for about three years. And, uh, but the whole time, you know, I had a Bible and I'd read. And then, you know, when I'd come across verses like uh, Jeremiah 31, 28, it says, just as I have watched over you to pluck up, to tear down, to afflict and to destroy, so have I watched over you to plant and rebuild, says the Lord. And I thought, boy, <laughs> you know, and it just, I knew, I knew what I had coming. Holy cow, Spencer. And uh, so uh, <laughs> finally I was, you know, I was acquitted of some of my charges, but I still had a 40-year prison sentence in federal prison, which was a life sentence yeah. at my age. I yeah. would have been 78. Right. So I had to come to grips with dying in prison, my family dying, all these things I had to, to focus on that, you know, that was it. And, uh, but I did find a peace in that. And uh, when I finally said, Lord, I, I can't do that 40 years, you'll have to do it. Yeah. And he said, okay. And uh, so finally they ended up, they sent me to Brushy Mountain. I went to Brushy Mountain. Uh, ended up from there, I went to across the mountain to uh, Morgan County. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Truth Revival is brought to you by Senior Lopez Mexican Grill, 105 Mecapike, Teleco Plains, Tennessee. Paul, why don't you tell our listeners what's happening at Senior Lopez? Hey, take the family down Monday night for trivia, 6.30 to 7.30. Tuesday is my favorite day. Tuesday is Teleco Spirit Tuesday, where 10% of all proceeds go to the town of Teleco Plains, Rome, which is a great idea, and I love that. Bingo, Thursday night at 6.30, and Saturday night is live music from 6.30 to 8.30, so take the family down, relax, have a great meal where the food is fresh and the family is welcome. Come home for dinner at Senor Lopez. And now, the continuation of Truth Revival. And uh, at Morgan County, I'm the, the, I started hanging out with just lifers, guys that, you know, was never going home. Right. And I knew that I just had uh, a short time in state prison. But when I got there, there was a lot of guys that had, uh, of course, knew me, you know, and knew of me. Right. Uh, some of them had worked for me. And as soon as I got there, I remember they walked up and they was like, you know, dang, man, where you been? We've been waiting on you, dog, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they held out their hand and they had every kind of drug you can imagine. And they said, man, what do you want to do? And I just looked him in the eye and said, man, I made a promise to God I'll never touch another drug again as long as I live. You know, I, I serve the Lord now. And, of course, it's like, all right, cool, we respect that. But people's always watching and looking for you to fall. Man, listen, man, yeah. you, you know, you're going to die in prison, bro. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but, man, anytime you want to release, I got you. No, I'm good, man. I, I found something now. <laughs> I found something better than any drug. And uh, so... Uh, I remember they brought a guy in, and he was a, a ex-cop, and uh, he had uh, when he came in, I thought, you know, man, all these cops, what they did to me, da 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 da, and I thought, man, you know, and boy, and I remember the Lord smacking me upside the head, and telling me, you know, what is this? 
this man's never done nothing to you. You can't forgive people. And that was my first lesson on forgiveness. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, so me and him yoked up and became friends. And I had his back. I mean, I didn't. everybody knew he wasn't supposed to be there. But that was my partner. Wow. And I watched him, and he'd, he'd sit there, and he'd ask me questions about the Bible. And then one day I watched him get on his knees and turn his over, life over to the Lord. <laughs> and uh, ended up, I, I never knew nothing else about him. Uh, and I'll touch on that again in a minute. But uh, at that time, I was just so on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'd always ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do? What can I do? What can I do? And he'd give me the same verse over and over. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And, you know, six months would go by, and I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to do? And it's the same verse. And this went on for years now. I'm not just months. Wow. This went on for years. Study to show yourself. Yeah. Study, study, study. And then one day I was like, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he gave me the same verse, but the other part of it, a workman who need not be ashamed. Right? <laughs> and that's how he spoke to me. And I was like, okay. Okay. Uh, you want me to study? Now you want me to work. I, I got it. You know, one verse for years. <laughs> oh, my and, gosh. That's amazing. Uh, he gave me a dream. And there was a, a lifer there. He was an Aryan Nation guy. His name was Dano. And he told me, and it was just as plain as day. He said, I want you to go tell Dano I love him. And I said, all right. I get up the next morning, and I walk out of my, my gill, my prison unit, and there's Dano. And he's never at the top of the hill. And there's nobody in the yard. And I walk past him, and I don't say nothing. And I turn around, and I run back to the room, and I'm crying. Just, oh, Lord, I've let you down. I failed. Yeah. And I'm begging him, give me another chance. Give me another chance. So uh, I've got probably another four months left in state prison. The day I leave, I see Dano, and I pull him up. I said, hey, bro, come here, man. And I said, I don't know where you're at in your faith. I don't know, you know, what's going on with you. I told him about the dream. I told him about letting him down, and I said, man, I just want to tell you Jesus Christ loves you. That's what he told me to tell you. And, and I watched this man break down, just hug me, and said, man, you don't know how bad I needed to hear that. I leave there. The marshals pick me up. I go to the uh, penal farm in Knoxville and end up uh, going to the federal building to get on a bus to go to uh, USP Lee. I end up getting into it. I go back to Blount County. Well, while I'm at Blount County, a guy comes from Morgan County where I had been in prison at. Right. And I'm asking him about Dano. He said, man, Dano's on the yard doing Bible studies. What? <laughs> and I said, What? <laughs> So it just, I mean, it just blew my mind, that one simple act of obedience. Mm. And then Diesel, my Sally, when it's 10 years later, my first, when I first hear back of him, he's in Texas, a preacher. And I think, wow. God, you are so awesome. You know, I've just, I've lost track of these guys and, yeah. and hear the Lord just, because it's just a seed. Wow. It's just being a simple Obedient. act of obedience. When the Lord tells you to do something, just do it That would, and, would and move on. Mm. See, sometimes we think we have to give these profound mm. words mm. of wisdom or we have to tell this long narrative or story. You just tell people, hey, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Man. And I think what is amazing, Spencer, is if God lays something on your heart, he'll go before you. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. He'll go before you. So before you spoke to Dano, 
I'd say God was already working on him. Yeah, for preparing him. Or he was he was seeking something, and God allowed you Amen. to sh- to sow that seed. Praise God. Praise God. I, I'm invested here. It's, yeah, <laughs> keep uh, going. Good. Keep yeah. going. But and and you're you know you're right. That's uh, one of the praise, prayers I always pray is is Lord prepare me for that which you've prepared for me, because He does does go in front of us. He does prepare the way for us. Break up the follow ground. You know? Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, uh, I do my, my state sentence and, uh, like I said, I get picked up and I go to, uh, USP Lee and in federal prison, you got, uh, you got your super max, then you got what's called your USPs. It's United States penitentiary and they're level eight prisons. And I think there's maybe nine, nine or 10 of them in the nation. And then you got your medium highs, which is called an FCI, as you work yourself down. And uh, my points wasn't really that high. I mean, they was up there, but when they give you a, a boatload of time, they say it messes your mind up. So they want you to start out in a maximum security. And it's a different world in there. It's a completely different world. There's people from California, Oregon, uh, New York, Boston, Florida, from every every state in the nation, and it's just a melting pot. And uh, so you got a lot of different cultures in there, a lot of different gangs, a lot of different everything. The Lord did prepare a way for me, and like I said, when I when I first got there, and I I realized after about a month, after a couple a week or so, what was going on, and you know, and it took a month of just you know getting getting to grips with what exactly how to. How to move in there? Yeah, and uh, there was a uh, a guy had uh, skinhead tattooed on his head, and he was kind of like uh, the spokesman for the white guys, if you want to call it that, shot caller or whatever. And uh, I can't believe I'm even hearing this. This is the craziest thing. Like, I grew up Mayberry Spencer. <laughs> Nobody's ever shot at me. <laughs> I've never actually. I barely even had a speeding ticket, if you know what I'm saying. Like, oh my gosh! And you're talking about level eight maximum security prison, and like I'm sitting here like, holy cow, man! This needs to be like a a movie or something. Joel can't even speak over there. He's like, he's, I'm just listening. This, I, this is unbelievable. This is amazing. And you know, it it goes back to what we talked about on the previous episode. Plug. Um, <laughs> There's power in that word. Yes. There's power in the word. And and when he said that they got tired of dealing with him and they shoved a the Bible through the door, I wanted to run through that wall right now. Because <laughs> that's where it's at. Yeah. He mm-hmm. read the word and it yeah. transformed him. Yep. That's mm-hmm. that's the beauty of the word. And yes. we, we talked about in the previous episode about getting engaged in God's word. So all of these things are happening. And, and Spencer, God's growing you. He's telling you to study. I loved how you brought that study, study, study. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to be a workman. Amen. Yeah. And I'm, I'm afraid that many of our churches today were not working because we're not studying. Right? Amen. Mm-hmm. And we got to fall in love with that word. So, so God has plans for you. Yep. Um, you meet this guy who's a shot caller. Um, I, I need to know what happens here. Yeah. So yeah. Keep, keep going. He uh, he starts running his mouth, you know, and and uh, all this, and uh, and I thought, Lord, I don't want to fight, you know. I, 
But here I am with a 40-year sentence, you know, and, and I think, Lord, what am I going to do? And I'm praying, and uh, I don't know, it's just as funny as it sounds. You know, the first verse come to my mind was Psalms 144.1, Blessed be the Lord my strength and teach my hands to war and my finger to fight. <laughs> and I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> and I'm like, no. This is my pee patch. And, uh, <laughs> so end up, I end up working this guy over real Oh, good. no. Oh, Dear Lord. He's so modest when he says that. In the name of Jesus. I ended up working him over. <laughs> like, listen, I, I was thinking about this movie. Have you guys ever heard of Lionheart with Jean-Claude Van Damme? Yes. yes. I was thinking about that movie this week. And, like, I see these movies with these guys who can fight. Listen, I'm not a fighter. Okay? I have soft hands. you got hands. soft hands. I've got soft hands. <laughs> I've, I've, I've never really been in a fist fight altercation. My brother and I got into a little spat in the mowing truck one day, <laughs> uh, but I've never actually come to blows with another man, and that's a blessing. I mean, yeah. So Spencer, like, dude, man. So you 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 got this guy worked over, um, and it, it it what it did is it put me at the top of the food chain, and it's nothing that I wanted, but. Because, like I said, there's so many gangs in there. You know, you got your ACs, uh, arm, sack, and just, I mean, I can name them all forever. And that's just the white gangs. And uh, so, uh, in which in prison, you got what's called independent or a gang member. And uh, I rode what was independent. And uh, there's a lot of them in there. And uh, so it went from a gang yard to an independent yard, so to speak. You and, dissolved them all. Well, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. But, uh, he turned his tribal into a community. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, in in prison, things are racially segregated. Yeah. And uh, but and like I said, that's nothing I wanted. And I just went about my business, and people are telling me, "Hey, da da da." You know, I don't care. Right. You know, I'm I'm here to serve the Lord. Yes, sir. And uh, we had Bible study set up. We had, you know, the the chapel start, would show us favor. We had a, a certain place we could go every day to pray. And, uh, of course, a lot of guys was coming in and praying now. And uh, you would have <laughs> you'd have your gang members out in their area and, uh, you know, praying, give us power over the Christians, literally praying this in prison. And, uh, but anyway, you know, I, I remember because God put, two very powerful men of God in my path, and they were both black. And it was prisonly not right for me to go over and start hugging on these guys and stuff. And people would come up and tell me, hey, Cone, man, if you're going to be this, you can't do it. And I'd tell them, man, I don't care. I'm honoring him as a man of God. I don't care about a color. I don't care about none of that. These are men of God right here, and I'm going to honor that. And... uh and I watched God move in there. You would see, I've seen people, I've I seen one guy come in our prayer group and he was a white guy and he had stage four cancer. And, you know, at USP Lee, you had uh, seven gun towers, three kill fences and a 10 feet concrete wall all the way around the place. But I tell you, God was in the middle of that place. He's not intimidated. <laughs> and uh, he come in and this guy, had uh, stage four cancer and he'd been, you know, just doing whatever he wanted to do out on the yard. 
And when he found out he was dying, he came to the face of God. He came to the throne. And he laid it down at his feet. And he came to the prayer circle and he prayed. And, and we laid hands on him and we prayed for him. And in the BOP, when they tell you you're going to die, that's exactly what you're going to do. They'd done contacted his family. They'd done contacted everything. And that man's still alive today. Wow. <laughs> He's still alive today. <laughs> I seen God heal, you know, these Mexican... There's a lot of Mexican gangs, and uh, they're only a yard, allowed to walk on certain yards because they got rival gangs, and it's kill on sight. So when they get to a yard that they can walk on, they don't want to leave in case they end up somewhere they're not supposed to. Right. And if they'd catch diabetes or some kind of sickness or something, they'd have to send them to another yard. Well, when they would, they'd come to the prayer group. And I'm telling you, it's gang members, and it just showed me how God is not a respecter of persons, right. how true his word is, mm -hmm. like Joel was saying. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when they'd come in and they'd say, man, pray for me, homie. And we'd have these, you know, different races yeah. laying hands on these, praying for these men. Wow. And God's healing them. They're going back to the medical unit completely cured of diabetes time and time and time again. Wow. And it was just, you know, to see God work like that. And, uh, so anyway, I end up uh, I end up going to uh, I get my points down. I'm there for about about six and a half seven years at Lee County, and I go to uh, FCI Manchester. And uh, you know, by this time, it's like I said, I, I'm I want to go home. Yeah, everybody does. Oh yeah, I can only but imagine. Reality, my outdate was eight twenty five forty two. That's my reality, and. I'm doing everything in my power in a prison in the situation I am to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, I, I remember the Lord gave me a word one day. Well, it was in 2012, and uh, I've got it wrote down in the book of Habakkuk. It says, uh, write the vision down, write it down on a tablet that you may run to read it. Make it plain. Make it plain that you may. And, <laughs> and I said, okay, Lord. So I, I took that. And when I'd have dreams and visions and stuff, when the Lord would give me a word, I'd write it down. And when my hope would start to fizzle out or something, I could go back to my notebook and I'd read, mm. this is the word the Lord gave me. <sighs> and he gave me Psalms 105 and 20. And it says, they put his feet in fetters and they hurt him until the word of the Lord came and tried him. And then the king sent and loosed him, even the ruler of the people, and set him free. <laughs> and I thought, boy, the Lord, I said, Lord, is that word for me? <sighs> and I had wrote it down. Glory to uh, God. <laughs> Golly, so this is in 2012. <laughs> well, I leave there in 2013. I end up going to FCI Manchester. You know, they when Obama's going out of his administration, they start doing a lot of clemencies. And the whole time I'm at Manchester, you know, same thing. I'm just, all I care about is serving the Lord. You know, spirit, mind, and body. That was my, that's how I did my time. Spirit, mind, body. Uh, you, you read, you pray, you study your Bible, you build your fellowship, you get you a job, keep your mind focused, and you exercise. Keep, you, keep yourself healthy. Yeah. So uh, that's how I did my time. And uh, then... Uh, when Obama came in, everybody starts getting these clemencies. And I remember my word, and I'm going back, and I'm seeing it, and I'm thinking, man, I'm going home. I'm going home. And uh, 
I file a clemency and I'm looking at stuff that people got released for and I'm thinking, man, their charges are worse than mine. They had more time than me, but it didn't happen. And it, it just, it, it really knocked the breath out of me. And uh, I thought, man, I'm not getting on that roller coaster ride no more, you know. And, and But I went back and I remember that I had it written down while I was at USP Lee twice in the middle of the night. It's the only time I, and the Lord had woke me up in the middle of the night. I was single-celled and I always kept my Bible beside my bed. And the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night one night and gave me 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. It says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold, though it perishes, might be found unto the praise and honor at the glorious appearing of Jesus Christ. And the Lord told me when I read it, because as soon as I heard it, I mean, he woke me up out of sleep. I grabbed my Bible. I looked at it. And the Lord said, your faith's on trial. Your faith's on trial. And I knew, as like I said, that was early in, the, in my sentence. And then it wasn't a couple nights later, he woke me up and gave me First Peter five and ten. It says, "But the God of all glory, uh, it says, but the God of all grace, who's called us to His eternal glory, after you have suffered a while, so mm. make you perfect, establish, yes. strengthen, and settle you." Mm. So I done a big word search on these, mm. and I I, re- I understood what each word meant. Yeah. You know, to to uh, make you perfect is to to refurbish you, to re- remake you, uh, to set you in motion. And to settle you is to make you like a foundation, you know, and, and uh, to get you grounded. And I thought, all right, Lord. And then he said, after you've suffered a while. And I thought, okay. But like I said, I'd already had it in my mind that I'm never going home. So I was cool with that. And there's still that hope, yeah. you know. So I get to Manchester and I'm, you know, the Obama administration comes in and I get shot down. But the Lord takes me straight to Joseph when Joseph was in prison and the two came down. <laughs> yeah. And uh and and you know, let me let me stop right here a minute because it's just like you said from the beginning, you know, when they put that Bible in there, that became my life. That's all anywhere I'd go, the first thing I would do was get a Bible. That's all I cared about. Wow. And I knew then I don't need nothing but this. Mm. You know, and, and I love my family, but I don't need that. I don't need this. I, I, all I need is right here. And <laughs> the guys that would, uh, you know, we'd yoke up together, and uh, the first verse I'd get them to memorize was Matthew six thirty three. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be added unto you. Amen. <laughs> Seek ye first. Seek ye first. And there's a lot of them running around with bruised ribs because, <laughs> but you know, that's uh, oh lord. They would definitely understand that that's the first thing you do when you put God first. When you seek that first, everything else will come into play. And uh, but anyway, like I said, we is at Manchester. Obama administration came in, and the Lord gave me Joseph, and uh, we're the butler and the uh, cupbearer came in, and uh, Joseph interpreted their dreams. The one goes back to the Pharaoh, and he tells him, he says, hey, man, when you go back, tell him not to forget me, I'm this. He still had a little time to do. And I thought, okay. So time goes by, Trump comes in, Trump changes this. uh, He comes in with what's called the CARES Act, and or not the CARES Act, I'm sorry, but the First Step Act. And in this First Step Act, one of the clauses 
was uh, called a compassionate release. And I had looked over it. So I filed a clemency with Trump. And uh, because the Lord had given me a word that it was, it was my time. After Trump, Trump had come in, there was another four years that went by. And uh, I remember, and, and if I would have brought my notebook, I could have read it verbatim. But I remember asking the word, Lord, for a word. I said, Lord, would you give me a word? You know, there's another clemency coming in and all this. And as I looked out the window, I said, Lord, would you just tell me something? And as I looked out the window of my cell, because we were locked down for COVID, we'd been, we was locked down 18 months. Uh, and you only got out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for a 10-minute shower, and then you're back in your cell. So that was plenty of time to spend with the Lord. I looked out the window, and it was after a thunderstorm, and I seen a big rainbow. But I seen the end of the rainbow right at, I mean, from 20 foot from my prison cell. And I thought, man. And I knew, I can't explain how, but I knew in my heart that it was my time. It was for you, huh? And I would... Every morning I'd get on my knees and I'd pray, you know, and I'd worship the Lord every morning, still do. And uh, the Lord, give me a verse, Psalms chapter 40, verses one through three. And it says, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me <laughs> and he heard me, he heard my cry. Yes, and it says, indeed. and he lifted me out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. And he set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And he put a new song in my mouth, even praising to our God. And I knew, I knew it without a shadow of a doubt. And as I'm looking in these, these laws, I come across this compassionate release. And there was another man of God in there with me that uh, had been talking about it. And, and it just, it struck me, compassion. And I go back to all the gospels. And what did Jesus do? Yeah. He had compassion. Yes. He had compassion. And I knew it. That's true. So, I, I, of course, I'm asking the Lord, Lord, don't let me get on this roller coaster ride again. Lord, please just let me know. And that's when he gave me Micah, chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. And it says, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait upon the God of my salvation, and he will hear me. See, both of those verses that he gave me said he inclined into me and heard me. He heard me. And it was just, I was telling mom and them, I'd call them up, say, mom, I'm coming home. Oh, son, I said, I'm coming home, trust me. <laughs> and uh, I filed this compassionate oh, release. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, you know, but when you, when you read that, Micah says, I waited patiently, Lord, and he heard me. And it says, I will bear the indignation of the Lord, for I have sinned against him until he plead my cause and execute judgment for me. It says, when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. And I thought, Lord, just, you know, this was so powerful to me. And uh, so, you know, and, and I'm just preparing for it. I'm preparing for it. And uh, as the COVID starts easing up, because we do, uh, we have a, a sewing mill at, at Manchester, and we do uh, contracts for the military, military garments. And I was a sewing machine mechanic. So they'd always get me out to come and work on things and stuff like that. And uh, they'd do one unit at a time. And, uh, well, I come back from, from the work one day, and uh, we work maybe one day a week, something like that. And I come back, and they let you use the phone 
and I'm getting ready to get on the phone, and my counselor comes out. He says, Coon, I need you back here in the back. And I set the phone down, and I looked up at him, and I said, that judge answered my motion, didn't he? <laughs> he said, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, yeah, you do. So anyway, he's, he rushes me in the back, and he tells me to sit down. And uh, there's three or four of them in there. And they hand me a piece of paper, and it said, time served. Wow. <laughs> time served. <sighs> and the Lord, Lord brought it to my memory. When I first went to prison in that isolation cell, I was a walking dead man spiritually and physically. But in a, as the Bible calls it, a suddenly, when I finally met the king, mm -hmm. I went from a walking dead man to a man that was alive. Amen. I still had a death sentence in prison, <clears throat> but I was spiritually alive. And then in another blink of an eye, just like I received my salvation, the Lord set me free from prison. And it was just, it was overwhelming. And uh, they told me I had to quarantine for 14 days, so they put me in a cell. And, of course, I just, I mean, I'm scared to death, absolutely scared to death. And I'm saying, Lord, you know, what do you want me to do, Lord? And he takes me to the parable where Jesus gets in the boat and he goes across the lake and he comes across the legion. Mm. <laughs> and it says, there was a man that lived among dead men. It says no one could tame him and he cut himself and hurt himself. It says, but when he seen Jesus get out of the boat, he ran and fell at his feet and worshiped him. Because you see, he met the master. And it says that when he was clothed and in his right mind, he asked Jesus, he said, Lord, let me go with you. And he said, no. You go back where you came from and you tell them what good things the Lord has done for Praise you. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that's what the Lord told me. He said, that was you. Yeah. And Wow. So the day I got out, I came home. And I was out, I think it was the second day, I was out in the middle of the yard and I was just walking around and I was just lifting my hands and praising God. And uh, my friend had already bought me a phone and the phone rang. And I said, Lord, you know, what is this? <laughs> well, it was a preacher. Uh, and he'd asked me, he said, Spencer, I heard you got out and I'd like for you to come and give you testimony. <laughs> And I've not stopped since. And uh, any door the Lord will open, I'll gladly tell people what good things the Lord's done for me. Yeah. Because like I said, I was a dead man. I've been burnt, shot, stabbed, cut, run over. And the Lord kept me alive. You know, some people say that like just casually, Spencer. I feel like you really mean that. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah. Holy cow. This has been probably the most amazing testimony I've ever heard. And where did you find this guy, Paul? Well, I mean, I've I've known about him my whole life, you know, and uh, the Lord like he placed him his whole time serving. He placed him 
doing the masonry beside my shop. And when I saw his sign and, and I knew it was him, the, the Lord just kept telling me, you know, and just like he did with Dano the first time, he just I just kept going. And every day the Lord reminded me, stop and ask him. Talk to Spencer. Talk to him. And, and so I, I got the phone number off the truck, and I just finally, you know, it, it happened. So, I mean, it's – I listen to this, and and from A to Z, the Lord has kept him. If you'll look at it, a brick mason works with their hands. I, I remember one time, Spencer, this guy over in Red Cloud – I was there doing electrical work, and and he was laying a block. He was oh, he was probably in his seventies. His fingers were just mangled from from the block. And I noticed every day at lunch he would eat a whole clove, of, like a big pot of garlic. And I'm like, why are you doing that? And he said, if I don't eat this garlic, I cannot move my fingers from all this block work I've done my whole life. I mean, it's brutal. It's brutal on your hands, on your joints, on your back, everything. If you'll look where he got shot. And it there, he shouldn't be able to lay block anymore. It's the little things that God takes care of the details. He shouldn't be able to do what he does now, but God's kept him if God and healed him. Us. Listen, if he'll heal, heal that four stage cancer and all that type of, he, he's kept him. And, and, and I, Spencer, I don't even know what to say other than we serve a mighty, powerful and Amen. a living God Amen. And, and every man's path is different to, to bring him glory and honor. And, uh, I'm just thankful that the Lord spoke to me to reach out to you because today I mean, I've been serving the Lord since 1997, but today Jesus changed my life. And I mean that with everything in me. He changed my life meeting you. I heard about you as a kid for today. He changed my life through the word of God that's in you. The spirit of that word that transformed you, that transformed me, renews us day by day Amen. by day. Amen. And by meeting you today, my life has been forever changed, man. And I want you to know that I appreciate it. And Spencer, like, I don't know you. If I had saw you, I'd be like, well, there's a nice man. I had no idea your story. But I'll be honest when I say this. I feel like I could call you that we could be friends. Amen. That like there is a, you know, it's the, it's the spirit of God. Yeah. Like, God bears witness that we are his children. Yes, sir. And like, man, I just have such a, Great feeling, I mean, and, but after everything you've told me, it's like good grief. Can you really trust this man? But after seeing what God has done in your life, I mean, man, the spirit of God is all over you, brother. And I'll be honest, man, I've been around a lot of preachers. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody quote scripture okay. like that. That's what I was going to say for all the listeners who are just listening. His Bible has been closed this entire time. <laughs> yeah, he has not looked yeah. at one yeah. scripture. Yeah, all of this is from memory, which goes back to. Studying your Bible, Amen. studying your Bible. And every time he talked about in his story where he said, uh, the Lord brought a word to me, well, I followed scripture, Boom. scripture, scripture. That's how the Lord speaks to you. Yes. That's how the Lord will 
reveal things to you. Right. And and I yeah, I want especially, to especially, a little amen on you, Roman, because he has not opened his Bible one, one time. time. Especially no in one. this generation, people say, God gave me a new word. Mm-hmm. I know. I think that's very dangerous. It very is very dangerous. dangerous. God will give you his word. That's yes. right. Yeah. That's right. And when it's his word, it'll line up. <laughs> you couldn't have constructed a better, but I tell you what, the creator did. Mm-hmm. God organized that story, Spencer. Holy cow. Did you notice every time God gave him a word, it was, it was, it, it coincided. It supported. It, it supported everything he was telling them. And I that's who he that. is. When you're really in tune with the Spirit of God, his word will support what he's telling you. My gosh. Oh, Lord, we've been going for an hour, guys. I feel like we could go for two. I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'll be able to function the rest of the day. I'm shot. I'm just Let like, me tell you one little story <laughs> uh, just, about, just about how much God does love us. And, uh, and it just, when, when the Lord did this to me, did this for me, and it's a small thing, but it meant so much. It was in the middle of August. I was at USP Lee, and uh, we'd done every hour. You know, we for rec, we'd go out and we'd do 500 burpees. And, uh, Hang on a second. 500? Hang on a second. <clears throat> Did you say 500 burpees? Five zero zero. Because, yeah. Spencer, listen, I, I like to work out from time to time. One of my most intense workouts is 100 burpees. <laughs> And that about kills me, Paul. A yeah, hundred's the stretch. A hundred will about kill a man. Yeah. Five hundred? <laughs> I can imagine. That's, That's Navy right. SEALs, twos, and ones. Man. I can <laughs> imagine, <laughs> baby. So I'm, and we, and because you got to do it in an hour. That's that's all the time you got. So uh, we go out, we knock out 500, and, you know, you're just sweating. I mean, just drenched. My gosh. So I come back in the unit, and uh, I get my beans and mackerel out, you know, and I'm fixing to eat. And I, I'm thinking, man, I, you know, I'd really like to take a shower. No, I'm going to eat first. And I got my beans and mackerel, and I'm going towards the microwave. And I stopped dead in my tracks. And the Lord said, take a shower. And I stopped, and I looked up, and I said, Lord, is that you? <laughs> I said, you know what? Lord, I think that's you telling me to take a shower first. I walked in, put my beans and mackerel down. I went and got in the shower, and I'm in there scrubbing up. And they holler lockdown. We're locked down for two and a half months, man. And I just, I'm sitting in that shower and I just start crying. And I think, God, you love me enough to know I wanted that shower. Yes. After that workout. And it's, you know, it's so small. Mm-hmm. But it was a want, you know, man, I need a shower, man. I really want to take a shower because you don't get stuff like that, no. you know? Yeah. Again, again. Sp- sp- they wouldn't let you shower for two and a half months? No, you get, I mean, you can take a bird bath in about every five days. But, you, they'll take you, you know. But like I said, when you're in a cell, you're working out and stuff too. But, you know, for for God to allow me to take that shower after that, it was just, it was a small shower. It's the little things, right? Yeah, the little but things. when you go back, and you know, the Bible says, my, a stranger, uh, my sheep hear my voice and a stranger they will not follow. <laughs> and if you're not in tune with this word, God will speak to you. You're missing so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're missing a, a relationship wow. that is greater than anything you can ever imagine. And see that the Creator, yes. Almighty God, He knows those little things that's special to you. That's right. Yeah. And I've said before, we can't hear that still small voice that's of God right. because of the static of the world, the chaos of the world. God's got to get us to a place where He we can hear Him. 
Um, Spencer, I wanted to share that passage about the man in the in the tombs at the beginning, but I thought I don't want to offend Spencer. God had laid that on my heart, but I thought I don't I don't want to offend him. I wish I had shared that, but that word was bearing witness with me whenever yeah. you shared it. There's another one that that God has given me, and it's out of Luke chapter seven, verse number forty-seven. It says, "Wherefore I say unto thee." Her sins, which are many, are forgiven. She loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. But that scripture can be, you know, expressed like this. When you're forgiven a lot, you'll love a lot. Yes. If you're forgiven a little, you're going to love a little. And brother, I can feel the love of God emanating from you. What a blessing it's been to have you on the show. I'm glad I stayed. <laughs> I told you. This is yeah. listen, man. I try not to lead you astray. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'll, I won't doubt you ever again. Thank you, <laughs> uh, Spencer. I don't know. I don't know how to uh, wrap this up, but um, well, Joe, just closing thoughts here, just from you. Now, I was going to mention before you, uh, or I got to it earlier about him quoting all the scripture from memory. <laughs> I wanted all the listeners to know that. That's yeah. that's incredible to me. And then it made me think of an illustration. I heard a preacher one time, Paul Washer, said uh, the uh, if you had a visiting preacher show up at your church and he was going to preach a sermon, he showed up late. And then he says, well, I was on the interstate, got a flat tire. And then I, as I was changing my tire, the lug nut slipped. It went out in the highway. And then I went out to grab it and I got hit by a Mack truck. And then Paul Washer's like, you know, you're a liar. That's not true. If you got hit by a Mack truck, you would be unrecognizable. That's what happens when you have an encounter with Jesus. Amen. That's what happens. And that's what happened when he when they slid that Bible in his cell. He had an encounter with Jesus. Amen. And yeah. I promise you, the the person that he was talking about that you say you were ashamed of, that's not the person I see today. That's what he said is unrecognizable to me. There's yeah. a new man here. New yeah. man. Hey, praise God, Spencer. Hey, <laughs> man. Raised. Wow. So what do you say? We serve a mighty God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? The God who did it for you, there's many others that God is wanting to transform Amen. lives to. Yes, sir. And we've actually got men that are working in the prisons, Spencer, um, our straight straightway ministry. Those yeah. guys are listening to this podcast, and we're going to try to encourage those men to, to get this out in the prisons, to get this out in, in, in these various men's ministries, to say, Listen, here is a testimony of yes. grace of what God can do in your life. But you got to seek him. That's right. Yeah. You got to seek him. Yes. And study. We want the blessings of God, but very rarely do we want to make the sacrifice. That's right. God prepared you, Spencer. Okay. You studied and now you're a workman. Amen. Praise God. You're a laborer in the field, brother, and I'm sh- I'm thankful to be a fellow laborer alongside of you. Um, closing thoughts from you. You got anything you want to say? I just want to say, man, if 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 you stay focused, you know, and, and it's like I I told the Lord. I said, Lord, you know what? I said, if there's ever a chance of me getting out and going back to the way I used to live, leave me in prison. If I know I'm going to serve you in here, because there's no greater thing. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. no greater thing than than having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. And uh, if if you don't have that then you're missing out. You're missing out. And yeah. it's, like I said, you just got to be, I've done 18 years in prison, but 
you know, I can do it. And it didn't matter if I got out or not. And and I I don't say that lightly. I, I did want out. Everybody does. But I knew I could do it because I had the one that could do it with me. And you just got to stay focused, man. Your with, time will come. With man, things are impossible. Yep. But with God, all things, <laughs> all things are possible. possible. Paul, close us out, man. From the, from the moment he started talking, this verse rang in my mind. And we only quote half of it. We only ever quote half of it. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That's where we always stop. But listen to this, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God. Listen to this, and this is Spencer. What is good and acceptable and perfect. Mm. What a day. Thank you, Spencer. Thank you. Quite possibly the most favorite episode I've done so far. I'm telling you. I'm, I, I, this has been an wow. incredible episode. Spencer, thank you so much for, for coming on board. And Thank you for having me. I look forward to working with you in the future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. My honor. Great things in store. Folks, be sure to share this episode. This is an amazing episode. Like it, share it, get it out there. Be sure to like us on Facebook, Truth Revival 37385. We're out of here.